0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Beyond the Games.
1: Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Game, the podcast that takes you beyond the field and into the lives of former athletes, exploring the remarkable journeys they undertake after their careers. I'm your host, Kendall Gammon, and I'm thrilled to have you with us today. Beyond the Game is made possible by our generous sponsor, Crown Automotive of Lawrence, Kansas, home to Crown Toyota and Crown Volkswagen. With an unwavering commitment to excellence and customer satisfaction, go to crownautomotive.com. Discover the Crown difference. And as always, we're proud to have Lau Schneer, the visionary owner of Crowd Automotive, supporting our mission to share these incredible stories with you. Today, we have a very special guest. He's a former Kansas City Chiefs defensive back who's been a force on the field and uh, both during his career and after. Please welcome the one and only former Chiefs defensive back, J.C. Pearson. J.C., I don't know if we got that uh, edited or not when this goes to the final cut, but it was definitely proven that I've been hit in the head one too many times. (laughs) Hey. It
2: happens to all of us. Trust me, man. We all have those same same issues going forward, and uh, you know it's a great thing that you're doing here. You know, showcasing guys uh, after their careers, and and uh, thanks to Crown for uh, uh, that that generous uh, car that they're sending over to me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to be
1: right on that. Well, if you get one, that's where you want to go. So, all right. Let's get back into this. Uh, we're going to talk about your career off the field, about your career, af- you know, after uh, the NFL. But first, we're going to talk about the Chiefs. Obviously, you and I are both um, members the Chiefs ambassadors and do a lot of different things around the community. We pay attention to the Chiefs, and, and as does uh, most people. Um, last week, not the best outing, but just what's your thoughts and what you're seeing? Well,
2: you know, obviously, uh, not their best outing, as you said. You know, Patrick a little under the weather. Um, You know, we turned the ball over. Uh, It was cold. It was, you know, a little snowy early. You know, I mean, a a lot of reasons and no reasons, you know, because in the NFL, there there are no excuses, right? So, you know, you can't can't turn the ball over five times in the National Football League uh, and win a game uh, very often. And, uh, you know, and so we just have to be better. You know, I I think what would help, though, is, uh, you know, we've got to get some better production out of the wide receiver position and I think we we've, we've got to run the ball. And I think if we run the ball better, that will help the receivers get open because you know now the safeties have to come down. And I think it'll
1: alleviate some of the pressure that we're seeing on Patrick. How about um, uh, as a coach, Big Red, when he looks at this team and he looks at the results against Denver, one and one, but the offense only scores one touchdown in those those eight quarters? Uh, I would assume. Um, that this is something that anybody that's playing the Chiefs now goes back and studies and tries to figure out, okay, what exactly are they doing? I mean, can you give us any insight into that? Yeah. You know, one of the things, you know, when you listen to to post-game press conferences and stuff, you
2: know, you can glean a lot from that. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I heard from Andy was, you know, he said that he saw some things out of his team that he hasn't seen before, which was kind of disturbing. And, you know, guys not on the same page, not doing the right things, uh, you know, running routes after the snap, and you know them and the quarterback not on the same page. They've got to get all that cleared up. You know, we we haven't. You know, we 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 this team is too experienced to to have right. those kind of issues. You know, and you know we we know they brought back McCole Hardman, um, made a big return a couple weeks ago, made a big error this past game, and you know hasn't really shown up on the offensive side. Um, but I, we've got to get that figured out, you know, and and if you do that, I think things will get better. But I think we just have to maybe adjust in how we approach the game a little bit and, and use Isaiah Pacheco, use that, you know, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Hilaire, Maybe maybe start running the ball a little bit more, and that'll kind of open things up, I think.
1: You know, when you talk about that, what does that do to a defensive back when – um, the run game is going uh, so well. Does it make you pay attention more to the play action? Do you, you feel more, uh, I guess, uh, pressure uh, to support the run than all of a sudden you get what they call nose problems and a ball goes over the top? Or uh, what's, what's, the, what's the mindset of the defensive back when that's happening? Well, uh, you know,
2: every week in the defensive meetings, you want to take the run away from the offense and make them one-dimensional. Now, when the offense does that themselves, it makes it a lot easier on the defense because now, you know, you hear a lot of times, oh, they're playing deep. They're playing this cover two shell. They got two safeties back, trying to, you know, prevent the, the ball being thrown deep. Well, the way you get them out of that is by running the ball. So now one of those safeties have to come down in the box mm-hmm. and, and stop the run. So now there's more room to throw outside. They they can't play that cover two shell. And there's more man. There's more cover three zone, and you know there are more holes to throw the ball in. But you know if you're not running the ball, they can just sit back in that cover two shell. You know, rush three or four, drop seven or eight, and now it's tough to throw the ball. And especially if those three or four up front are getting pressure on the quarterback and making him run around. Um, so you gotta, you gotta, you can't make yourself one dimensional. And uh, we've been, we've done that in the past. I know. But we've been so good at other areas that we've been able to get away with that and the diversity. We threw a lot of screens before right. to the running backs, and you don't see that very much anymore. And I, I don't know if that's a, you know, an, an effect of uh, EB not being here anymore um, because obviously he called a lot of the plays when he was here. Um, and now Nagy, everyone has their own style. But uh, whatever it is that we're going to be
1: this year, we've got to get it figured out pretty quickly. Yeah, there's no doubt. That being said, the still Chiefs are still six and two, and in the first in first place in the division. Um, so, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they, they said he had flu flu-like symptoms. Um, he refused to acknowledge that that was the difference. That he's just got to do better. Uh, just talk to me about the leadership that that entails. With not just this, but in general, uh, several of the games this year when things haven't gone well. It's never anybody else but himself. It's always like, we've got to do this starting with me. I've got to do better. I've got to do this. It seems like that's really a nice uh, leadership trait.
2: Yeah. You know, Patrick Mahomes is is a different young man um, because he's so humble. You know, he's he's not just a superstar. He's a mega superstar, right? right? Um, and for him to still be as humble as, as he is, and uh, in this instance, Uh, take the blame himself and you know he never points fingers at anyone else always takes the blame that that says a lot about him and guys on that offense makes them want to perform even better for him you know because they know that uh he's never calling them out he's he's always helping them and and complimentary of them and taking all the blame um so you know that when you have a guy like that and a guy at the top and Andy Reid taking the blame as well uh you know that that's unique. That's not that's not that's not the norm in the National Football League. So these guys uh, have to understand that
1: and and want to go out and and perfect their craft for those guys as well. All right, we're going to talk more about you in a moment, but one last thing is just obviously you played defensive back at a high level in the NFL for so very long. So I'm I imagine you pay attention to this defensive backfield of Kansas City that's really done some nice things this year. What are you seeing?
2: Um, you know I I see a lot of. Young guys that are versatile that can cover first of all, and, and that's the first thing you want in a defensive back. They can they play zone, they play man to man, they can press, uh, and they're interchangeable. You know, McDuffie can go inside and play in the slot. Sneed can go inside and play in the slot, and and that's rare because you know to be able to do that is it's a whole different skill set to
1: play from the yeah, inside. I was going to ask you, expand, yeah. why, why is it a different skill set? Well, you're, you're closer to the ball. And any time okay. you're closer to the ball, um mm-hmm. now you, you have
2: to be a good tackler because you you gotta gotta be in run support. But then also that guy in the slot has so much room to run. He can, you know, there's so much room on the outside, there's so much room across the middle that you gotta cover, you know, basically the whole field. When you're outside, you know, those those long throws depending on where you're lining up, the receivers lining up. You know, sometimes that sideline is your friend. You know, he can't run past the sideline. But when, right. he's in the, when he's in the slot, he's got a lot of room to run. Um, so, you know, you have to understand uh, what motion does. You have to think so much more and, and and faster in the slot because motion changes things, the way you play, whether it's man or zone. Uh, you also have to be in run support, uh, you know, all those types of things. And uh, so it, it's a different skill set. Um, in having to to play the entire field versus playing one side of the field, so to speak.
1: Oh, that's interesting. And, and this is, it looks like this is going to be one of the better defensive backfields the Chiefs have ever had. That being said, you, you were maybe part of the greatest defensive backfield that ever played. Just talk about your experience a little bit as we get into that of, of what went on. Not only during the game, but, but you know between games and how you dealt with the guys, who took you under your wings, if anybody. You're an undrafted free agent, right? Mm, right, right, mm. right. And uh, so coming in, you know, you're just trying to
2: to find your way and trying to kind yeah. to do something uh, to show them that they should keep you. And uh, so so it's tough, you know, early on. And uh, so coming coming in, it, it, it extremely tough, especially with this defensive backfield you know you got right. four all pros essentially you're trying to make your mark and and uh so you know it was tough you know you I, I used to study all of them Albert was you know such a technician he was long long arms great press guy so you know I, I wasn't this I didn't have the same body build but I would try to learn from some of the things that he does Kevin on the other side Kevin Ross was um, a smaller, compact guy, but super physical, super aggressive, you know, and, uh, super strong. So I tried to, to mold some of that, um, uh, uh, both of those guys, you know, into my game, uh, and then learn how to study, you know, Duran was a guy that, you know, all those guys, you know, back in the day, we used to have VHS tapes and yeah. they used to carry these, these things on the plane, these, these portable VHS players yeah. and and study the film on the plane to the games and stuff. And I'm like, what, what are they doing? You know? So, you know, I, I learned more and more on how to study film versus just watch film. And, uh, and it was a battle, you know, they, they had, uh, you know, obviously coming in as a undrafted free agent, uh, you know, there's guys already on the team that you've got to take their jobs, so to speak. Right? Yeah, you, And, uh, so it was a battle every day. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, I was just so focused and, and intense. And that was the only way that I knew how to play because it wasn't, uh, you know, my my mindset coming in and not just coming in, but this playing because I was always, you know, kind of fighting for, to try to find my way all, you know, all the way through college and everything. Yep. Um, And, and we'll probably talk about that a little later. But, uh, you know, so every day in practice, man, one-on-one was like Super Bowl for me, you know, and I used to go back at night write down stuff in my notebook of what I did right, what I did wrong, you know, uh what this guy did, what that guy, you know, did, you know, and study these guys. But one on one, as soon as they blew that whistle after individuals, you know, that one on one, you know, DVs down wide receivers down, you know, it was let's go. You know, it, it was super yeah. intense. Um and uh so, you know, that uh you know, I remember my my rookie year Um, you know, I came in early, uh, in the spring and and went through back then they had this thing called the frat house where they would bring in like eight guys and they would, uh, put us up in an apartment and we'd go through spring practice. It was, it was, there were no OTAs back then. Right. Interesting. Right. But we would come in like it was OTAs and practice, go through drills, lift and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it had, it tried to learn some of the system before training camp. And, uh, you know, once once camp, you know, none all that stuff was just super serious for me. You know, there was mm-hmm. no going out, no partying, get on the field. And it was, you know, every day was was super serious game day for me. And uh, you know, I, that's that's what worked for me. You know, I was fighting intense and aggressive, you know, you have to try to make your mark back then because back then they would cut you cut you any day, as you know. And uh so it was tough, but uh, you know. Finally got, got my footing and, uh, and you know, things worked out from there. But to go back to what we talked about before, you know, I had to play both sides. You know, I had to back up uh, both corners, which is tough, you know, to be able yeah. to go. Uh, everything is opposite. It's like brushing your teeth right-handed and then all of a sudden you got to brush only with your left hand. When yeah. everything you no, see is right. different, you stand mm-hmm. different you know everything is different and then and then also playing the slot so i ended up being the nickelback and playing in the slot um so that that's uh, you know kind of how i made my mark and, and was able to to hang around for a number of years
1: okay so you uh, you come on my pregame show with the chiefs each and every week and I, I one week you talked about it um as far as some of the coaches you played for uh, uh pro football hall of fame coach uh, bill cowher from the steelers who i played with four years i believe he was the coordinator when you were there and then tony nudgy uh-huh. was there as well or was he the position coach but those two guys you played for right yeah i did play and, and they came in with marty with marty schottenheimer
2: and uh okay. Bill was bill was the defensive coordinator uh tony was my position coach at that okay. time uh and then uh you know it's crazy then herm was the assistant defensive back coach oh, for yeah. Yeah, that's right. Marvin Lewis was our uh oh yeah training camp defensive back assistant coach one year. I mean it's crazy. Wow. Mike, and you l- look at yeah where the guys yeah. have gone. But uh but Al Saunders on, on on the offensive side. I mean there were so many great coaches uh on that staff. But prior to uh when I first got here, my rookie year John Makovic was here. Oh okay. um, uh wasn't very well liked by, by anyone. And uh, we actually made the playoffs that year and uh some guys, uh, I don't want to name a name, but they named any names, but you know, teams have like leadership council guys and stuff. Yep. Uh, supposedly they went to Lamar after that and, uh, and got Frank fired. I mean, not Frank, but, uh, Makovic and Frank Gans got the job. He was a wow. special teams coach. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But, uh, so uh, anyway, uh, back then it was, you can see what good football teams did and how they worked and, and the, the talent versus not good football teams. So when, once Marty and Carl got here, the guys that they brought in, not only coaching staff, but players just completely turned this, this organization around.
1: Wow. Um, I'm going to dive into, well, now let's take a break and we'll come back with more. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store, or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. For all your new Toyota or Volkswagen needs, look no further than Miles Schnares' Crown Automotive in Lawrence, Kansas. Call 785-843-7700 or
0: visit them online at crownautomotive.com. Crown Automotive. Experience the crown difference. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with the seasonal blues as days start to get colder and shorter here in Kansas City, and this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or some anxiety about it, but I think something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. It's a helpful learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that empowers you to be the best version of yourself as well. And it isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash KCSN. It's not a bird.
3: It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen. Our friends at Manscaped have been working day and night to bring you a blow the waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra featuring the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shade your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code KCSN.
1: for the Kansas City Chiefs, J.C. Pearson, J.C. um, Let's talk about that. You know, some of these, all these notable coaches, I knew some of them, I didn't know all of them that have been here before, but uh, I'm I'm curious because I played for him and he's in the Hall of Fame in in, uh, uh, Bill Carr. I'm curious what, if anything, you picked up for him. And and not only that, but just in general, I mean, have you ever sat back and thought about, about all these different, very influential coaches and successful coaches that you had a chance to play for
2: yeah it's uh it it's kind of crazy you know it and it's, goes you know back to college you know play for don james and and all that it, obviously one of the best coaches ever and then even when i left here went to minnesota you know denny green was there but uh, tony oh. was then tony was then the defensive coordinator and you know a lot of guys uh, not not only on that staff brian billick and all those guys but players that we played with that went on to be coaches jack del rio was oh yeah head coach mike titus ended up being a head coach. i mean it's just crazy mm-hmm. you know when you when you hang around long enough you know you you end up meeting yep. a lot of people but uh but yeah but but uh that coaching staff you know and man they they brought in that work ethic you know they they showed us i mean they they beat us down, man. But that's what this, that's what we needed because we were a bad, bad football team. And uh, so they brought in that work ethic. They brought in a lot more talent. Um, so it made it even that much more stressful that, you know, if you were going to stick around, you know, it, you you had better show something because they were trying to clean house and, and they did clean house with a lot of guys. But uh, you know, in terms of um, uh, you know, he Everyone sees the, the yelling and the spitting and the, you know, mm-hmm. but man, Bill was awesome. It, it was all positive, man. He, yep. he, you know, he never, never downgraded you, never talked bad about you. He never he embarrassed, embarrassed you did he the feel, right? Never. Yeah. And it, and it looked like, you know, on TV, he's yelling and going off and spitting, mm-hmm. coming out. But, man, I'm telling you, it was all positive. Come on, you got him. I know you can get him. Let's go. Let's go. We can, you know. Mm-hmm. But from the outside, it looks like he's going off. And, uh, you know, so, man, great, great leader Bill Cowher was. And then Tony Dungy, you know, we all know about Tony. Tony never cursed. Uh, Herm Edwards never cursed either. Uh, but Tony had a way of getting his his point across uh, without yelling, without screaming, you know, just talking to you like a man and you know just the way that he carried himself you know he he demanded that respect you know and it's not like he was a you know screamer yeller or right. bad to you never cursed all that but uh man it was just uh you know the way that those guys coached and and the you know the the way that they tried to build you up you know when he was uh you know, and obviously it's, it's performance-based business. And if you're not performing, you're not performing, you know, but, but it's not because they didn't prepare you to perform. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it, guys get cut every year guys, you know, come in and out, but, but, uh, in terms of our secondary, you know, our secondary that we had th- those main guys that I talked about, those five guys, uh, Kevin Porter came in at, at one point later, but, uh, You know, I played all seven years uh, in Kansas City with that same uh, with that same secondary. And uh, and yeah, and at that time and at that time, you know, we had the best secondary um, in the entire National Football League for years and years. And uh, so, you know, it it was uh, it was a good thing.
1: Yeah, you know what? The one uh, good thing that everybody talks about in the NFL also is always having competition. I've I've heard you talk about this throughout the time, and then my time knowing you is, you know, you came up as a free agent. I was 11th round pick. That's a free agent, basically. Um, Just talk about your mindset in terms of getting a job, coming out of college, and and I say getting a job, getting a job in the NFL, fighting for that, because, I mean, people, they hear it, Talked about, but I don't know if they always understand how unbelievably stressful it can be. And I would think, to a degree, it's almost more stressful with you when you're on the best defensive backfield or in the best defensive backfield uh, in the league because that, the the competition is so very high.
2: Absolutely, and uh, you know, coming out of college, um, you know, I, I I thought for sure I was going to get drafted. You know, and uh, we finished number two in the country that year. Um, we we had one of the best defenses. Uh, in the entire nation, um and uh you know you can get scouts come in, they tell you different things, but uh you know we we always have our have our thoughts about that. Um, mm-hmm. you know we had a, had a, a a new coach my senior year and a position coach that uh you know we really didn't see eye to eye on some things and and so you think back on a lot of things but uh but anyway, so didn't get drafted, and uh man, I, I can't even describe how that night was you know it was like a uh, you know like the end of the world you know so but uh unfortunately from there you know got got some phone calls of you know people want to bring you in and, and I'm so glad that I was so naive back then and and not really knowing exactly how it worked because uh you know I felt you know I'm gonna I'm go in and I'm gonna make, make the team right off the bat so I signed actually with uh with with Washington you know, then the Redskins, now the Commanders, right? And uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh Daryl Green, they, they were, you know, coming off of Super Bowl. Uh they were stacked. Daryl Green, uh, you know, uh, uh, Vernon Dean, all those guys. Oh their yeah. Second, their secondary was stacked. You know, they had just drafted uh three uh corners and, and one was in the second round. So you now I know he's gonna be on the team no matter what, right? But mm-hmm. you know, my my uh yeah, lack of uh of knowledge back then. I was like, you know, so what? So every drill that he went in, every drill that we did, I went right behind him because I I I felt that oh, if they see him and they see me, you know, I'm going to show that I'm better than than he is. Not knowing that's that. interesting. Not knowing that it did not matter one bit. Right. But right. But right. Played well, man. Had a great camp. Played well all the way to the last cut. And uh, you know, guys are saying, uh, "Oh man, you're you made you you're on the team, man." You know, was I mean, I mean, I I had a really good camp that year, but um, so that, that you know, you have to be, and and you know how it is, you you count the numbers. So okay, they're gonna oh yeah, they're gonna keep the five guys, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six corners left. Boy, you know, somebody's got to go, right? You know, so we go go through that last practice. And we're, you know, I'm looking around, still go through the whole practice and then, you know, break down. I'm like, dang, no one. So I try to run off the field. Right? I try yeah. to sprint off. I'm getting out of here, right? I'm still on the team. Uh, and then I hear Pearson, Pearson. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, Bobby Bether calls and, you know, you know that whole standard, Uh, you
1: yeah. know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Every, you did great. Everything is just a numbers thing. We can only keep. Back then, there yeah. were no – no practice squad, right? So right, got got cut, you know, and I'm thinking, what the hell am I going to do now, you know? So went back to school, um, got re-enrolled, finishing up school. The Chiefs called, came out here, worked out, and uh, ended up getting signed uh, late in the year. Uh, and then uh, the next year, you know, again, just, just battling, man. And my mindset was just, you know, if I get cut this time, You know, I'm, Hmm. I'm just going to go and, and find a job. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to chase this forever. Like we've seen many guys do. Absolutely. Uh, So, so, uh, you know, Doug Graber was my position coach then, um, ended up going to be the Rutgers head coach and college coach and stuff. But, uh, you know, was a, a very supportive guy and, uh, you know, I mean, it was just a battle every day and, uh, Physically and mentally. I think people don't realize the mental strain that a guy has going through training camp back right. then. Um versus versus, you know, the physical stuff. The physical stuff is hard enough, but the mental stuff can really can really weigh on you. And uh back then training camp was six weeks long, double days almost every day and full pads, you're hitting You, I mean, it was brutal, brutal. The wish yeah. down on nobody. But right, so fortunately was able to make it. And then the next year, you know, it's the same thing week in and week out. You're, you know, you're trying to make the team and that's, that's the yeah. mindset, you know, and you see a lot of guys, as you know, that get drafted high that come in and think it's college and you're there, you're on scholarship and no, mm-hmm. no. And then they'll put the work in and then next thing you know, they're gone. So it, it's tough, but uh, I think it, it built um, that work ethic and guys like myself and yourself that that
1: had to come the long road. And, and I think it helped us long term. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I keep hearing you talk about life, stuff, which is one what what of the main things I speak about. So, I mean, we could talk about your career, but you know, a lot of that has been done, not to diminish it. But I'm just curious, because this is about life after football, so mm-hmm. uh, can, can you talk about when maybe you, you started to realize that uh, – this was going to go a different direction, you know, career wise and mm-hmm. how you dealt with that. What was your mindset and then what you, you, what you did after football. Right.
2: Well, you know, as you're playing, you know, and I, I was blessed enough to, in my position to play eight years and, you know, dealt with some injuries, lower body injuries, Achilles, tendon and knees and stuff. Once that starts happening, you know, you know, in your mind that, right. I'm, I'm not the same guy that I was, you know, and, uh. So you start trying to prepare uh, as much as that is. But, you know, people tell you that, but as soon as you start thinking that you're done, you're done. So, yeah. you know, I, I didn't I didn't want to buy into that and was going to try to stick it out as long as I could. Uh, but then once it's over, you're thinking, okay, well, now what? You know, that, yeah. that was my thought. Now what? You know, and then, okay, well, you know, what am I going to do? And then not only that, how am I going to do it? Because here you yeah. are on your your thirties and you're starting out, you know, and you don't know who to call. You don't know how to do it. You, you know, you, you don't have a resume other than football and you know, I've got an mm-hmm. degree. So, so anyway, I, I went into uh, financial planning, um, took all the tests, the, the 63, the seven, and you know, the um, uh, all the insurance tests and, and did that. And you know, that was a tough business because uh okay. you know, it's transaction oriented. Um, you know, there's not a lot of teaching in it. They just want you to bring in assets to the company. It right. was a wirehouse, mm-hmm. So not, not my type of deal. So, uh, fortunately enough, um, John Dennison, John Sprugal and Neil Harwell was starting, um, Metro sports at Time Warner back then. And okay. uh, it, yeah, it, it was just starting out and they were like, Hey, you know, you want to come over and do a, a pregame show or postgame show and. I was like, you yeah, know, I don't know how to do TV. I'm, you know, that's not my major. I right. but they were like, man, don't worry about it. Just come on, you know, doesn't matter. Just come on. We're going to do the do the the shows and stuff and uh uh so without them I would not have a TV career whatsoever. So so thankful to those guys. Uh, but then they started to grow. So they started getting um high school football and then college football. Uh so and I I I can remember the first football game they did uh they were like hey come do the sideline and again man i don't know what i'm doing oh don't worry right. about it just come yeah so they they threw it to me you know i was doing the sideline i was like let's go down to jc i didn't know what the heck to do what to say so i just froze act like, oh no yes act like oh no <laughs> 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 I, I, okay, I, that I, yeah okay
1: that's how i'm standing
2: yes because i i didn't know what to say didn't know what to do didn't know anything so i just you know like I can't hear you know <laughs> and so they ended up going back to the booth and then uh you know uh, I was able to to come up with some stuff later on but you know that was my first foray in in the tv but then uh they let me make all the mistakes and all that and then uh mm-hmm. eventually uh went up top and start doing some games for them and then uh got a call from ESPN and uh they were like hey we want you to come and audition for this, this package that we're going to do, the Mountain West package. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and again, I'm like, what am I, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, because in this business, as you know, there, there's no one tells you what you're supposed to do and how to do it. uh, So I just, I went in there and, uh, and uh, worked out well, got that package and then uh, worked at ESPNU for four or five years and then went to Fox and, uh, did a, did a Fox game, um, as a, as an audition and, uh, got that package and did the NFL on Fox for, for eight years. And then went back to ESPN and did college. And, you know, so that, that, uh, was kind of my after football career, um, which kind of happened just, just by chance. And, and thankful to John Dennison and and John Sprugel and Neil Harwell over there. But, uh, you know, it, it's so hard after football to find your footing, um, and because the spotlight's gone, uh, the, yeah. che- the checks are gone. So, yep. Uh, and and I was fortunate enough to to not be a uh, a, a spender. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, people that know me, and I've always been that way because you know you hear guys say, "Man, I I was we were poor coming up," and no, we really were poor. And uh, and I said that I you know I would never go back to that and uh so you know never got into the the all the jewelry the, the cars the all that stuff that that you end up wasting money on and even though i was a free agent um took care of my money um and it's not what i tell guys is it's not what you make it's what you keep yeah and, uh, right and uh so i was blessed in that manner and then uh so that that afforded me uh that and then uh, the post-career stuff afforded uh, myself and my family, some some financial security. Okay,
1: um, to the degree that you're comfortable with, just talk about your a little bit of your family uh, and also what you're doing now. Well, um, my family, my my youngest daughter uh, just graduated
2: last year, uh, and she uh, is a freshman at Texas A and M playing oh, okay. volleyball. Yep. on mm-hmm. volleyball scholarship. Uh, my other daughter, my older daughter, is uh, graduating this year. She is on a volleyball scholarship at. Missouri S and and she's going to medical school. she's She's already wow. got a, a minor in chemistry, getting her her her, her major in, in biology, taking the MCAT in January, to, and then applying wow to medical school. So um, obviously that all came from the mother's side, right?
1: But- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. And uh, so you know, I took some time off to to try to support them while they were playing because uh, yeah. uh, volleyball is is during. Uh, fall same time as football and uh, the travel and football was brutal and uh, right. every weekend. Uh, so wanted to do that and uh, support them. And then uh, so fortunate enough to, to be able to do that. And now, uh, now that they are out of the house, um starting to, to get back into a little bit uh, uh some broadcasting stuff and, uh, and see where it goes from there.
1: That's awesome. Very cool. Um, we're going to, we're going to uh, tie this up now, but uh, before I leave, I always ask the same question, which is: um, as you look back at your career, what is one of the highest points that you remember, and then what? What is one of the lowest?
2: Um, I would say one of the, the highest points, obviously, is uh, you know, and, and we don't take time uh, as players, as you would know, to, mm-hmm. to really enjoy the ride. Um, so it's it's hard to say what is the the highest point because. You know, you, you focus on when you, we always feel like when you start focusing on the good stuff, it, it's, you know, it's going to be bad. You got to focus on getting better every day Got to get a little right. better, right? So it's hard to say that, you know, I, I would just say looking back, just being able uh, to make it, uh, you know, and through my journey and be able to make it into the National Football League uh, and then hang around for a number of years, uh, you know, looking back on it, um, that that was a big deal. Uh, and then also the low point is obviously uh, probably getting injured, uh, my Achilles tendons, and and not being able to to be that same guy that that you were, right? Yeah. Um, because you know mentally is still there, everything is there. It's just not. I'm not as quick as I was. I was never super fast anyway. So now you start hurting your lower body, your knees and your your Achilles and that kind of stuff, and you lose a step. Uh, you know, in your mind man i used to be able to get to that ball um but now i can't get there and you know so just just knowing that if i would have stayed healthy i probably could have played uh a number of more years but uh you know the time that that it came as you know to to clean out that locker for the last time that that black trash bag yeah it is. and then just Mm -hmm. when you're when you're done you're done it's not like anybody calls on you and hey man how you doing and you know what do you need you need anything once you're
1: once you're out of there man you're you're out of there you know and uh, it's tough yeah it, it is it's funny you say that i forgot about it but this uh folks if you don't know uh when we leave the locker room in general um and there was other locker rooms for me in and, and kansas city each and every time it was just a big plastic black trash bag full of crap it's kind of crazy yeah it is but uh
2: made us who we were and uh you know just getting to that point is a is a huge accomplishment and for you man to to be able to do what you did for 15 years man not a lot
1: of guys can do that so you know hats off to you as well well i appreciate that very much that is it for today i want to thank my good friend jc pearson jc Appreciate you coming on. If you'd like to hear more, you can catch me on Sports Radio 810 in the zone with Jason Anderson each and every Friday at noon during the Chiefs season and also on KCMO Talk Radio Mondays and Fridays at 7 a.m. Mundo in the morning, now on 95.7 FM. Of course, you can follow me on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, Matt and Kendall Gammon. Uh, Beyond the Game is made possible by our generous sponsor, Miles Schneer's Crown Automotive of Lawrence, Kansas home to Crown Toyota and Crown Volkswagen. Visit them online at crownautomotive.com to discover the Crown difference. And I'm glad today that JC, we got to discover the JC Pearson difference. Thank you for coming on today, man. Hey, thank you, Kendall. Keep doing your thing, man. Great job. Okay, you've been listening to Beyond the Game.